Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. I'm really excited to talk about this movie with you, Brooke, because it's the first time in the history of the podcast that the movie title, you actually have to say the punctuation within the movie title rather than like me forcing you to say it so it's like we've done love comma simon but famously you know it's just love simon my god finally after all of these years it's they slash them we're saying the slash baby i am so mad that that was such a good bit oh my god i've been sitting on that for like when was this movie How announced? How did I not think of that? I don't know. A Should've year saw ago. That coming in, you see me open my mouth, you shoot me. <sighs> mm-hmm. It's really funny because uh, you're meant to pronounce the title of this film. They slash them, but yes. they 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 do yes. not pronounce the slash in the film itself. No. So well, I mean, I you, was very curious about that. Yeah, well, I mean, you usually don't. You IRL. usually don't. No. Yeah. But guess what? You do for this one. You do for this. Hello. Hello. I'm Brooke Solomon. I am a very happy Jordan Gustafson. I, you know, I'm really going to give that one to you. I I have to respect it. Today, we are talking the 2022 very recent horror film. Mm. They slash them closing Mm. out our spooky season on the pod. Um, On a real up note. Mm-hmm. But joining us today, which we're very excited about, Corey McCullough, a.k.a. Gory Corey, horror writer. We are so honored to have you here. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. I'm so excited. Excited is a very big word to say for this movie, but well, like, I'll respect it. Listen, <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. Mm. I'm excited that Actually, you're I, yeah. here to talk about yes. it because we <laughs> basically we put this on our uh, we have this horrifyingly long list of movies we could potentially cover. We put this on our list, I think, when the trailer dropped. Because mm-hmm. um, before the trailer, I think, like when there the was trailer. like a deadline article. Yeah, we yeah. were like, well, we know we can cover that probably. Right. Um, and <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like a couple of days after the trailer came out was when we we were chatting with you and you picked this. Mm-hmm. So. I'm very excited that we got the opportunity to talk about this movie because it had to be done (laughs) at some point. It worked out with said spooky season. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, when you um, sent me that huge list, I was like so excited. But when you said they slash them, I was like, oh, like definitely. Because when the trailer dropped for this movie, I was so excited because like as a non-binary 19 year old, I was like, wow, like. A movie actually recognizing they, them pronouns. That's crazy. Like a non-binary protagonist. Like I was so excited and I was like the biggest supporter of this movie. And you know, it was a little disappointing. (laughs) And then the movie came out. I think like what is, uh, I mean, we talk about this so often on the podcast, but like the pressure that gets put onto like, Mm. Yeah, I don't know how queer they... movies. Yeah, there are so many layers to this movie that I am actually very excited for us to talk about because you do have a gay writer slash director 
who mm-hmm. has like maybe one of the best previous like writing credit filmographies in a while. Mm-hmm. But then you have Kevin Bacon, who we famously have talked about this month, who was in Wild Things coming on as a producer for this. You have Blum. There's like a lot Blumhouse that should have worked this. for this. Yeah. You know, like it, the ingredients are all there. But then if you just start pulling apart at the little pieces, it becomes just kind of a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it was but... it was an interesting mix because when I when I first saw like the announcement of it, I was so excited. And then I saw that it was Blumhouse, which is some which is um, amazing movies. I love Blumhouse, but they also have some interesting movies with like their minority filmmakers that aren't always great. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of them have come out and said that they don't really get like the say on their films that they like. And so I was a little, I was a little nervous, especially John Logan is amazing, but I was like, why are we having a 60 year old, like cis white gay man write mm-hmm. this film? Or like, mm-hmm. why aren't we having like a co-writer that's at least like younger or like more involved in the community? I don't know. I was, I was just interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I think it really shows as much as I wish that it didn't that a 60 year old cis white gay guy wrote this movie. I mean, you could tell he tried really hard. He tried. It's the ending politics that like I feel like you see it the most where it's very like both sidesy is kind of where like I think the movie falls apart. Like the final moments of this movie is like where the politics just gets so sort of icky in like what it's kind of saying. You know what I mean? Where like the lead Jordan it's going to get annoying <laughs> is forced to like make a decision and doesn't choose anything and so like doesn't kind of get any sort of like catharsis on the trauma that has been inflicted on the community even though the killer spoiler alert is a non-binary it right or queer, queer person yeah. and so it's just kind of like it leaves you in a very like you shouldn't, even though if you're from a minority, like fight back against like the people who have oppressed you. And you're like, is this nice? And it kind of fits into like the heteronormative ideas of like what queerness should be. And like yeah. queer should be like good and not violent and not fighting say, back, you know? M- sort of my take on like the, the end decision or lack thereof that right. Jordan makes is that like the most powerful thing you can do as a queer person or like specifically as like a non-binary person, someone who is like specifically being targeted in right. multiple ways by societal binaries is to do nothing mm-hmm. is to like take the, the higher road. Right. Yeah. It w- and like, I got what they were going for. Yeah, totally get it. And to a degree, I like agree, like violence is bad. But at the same time, it's like the first pride was a riot. Like there's Mm -hmm. so much like there's so much uh, like revolution involved in queerness and that it just doesn't like I felt like he just didn't get it. I was like, you are completely missing out on like our whole history. And like none of us would have rights without a little bit of violence. Like, I think that's a very good way to put it. It's it's very nice and well-intentioned in theory to be like mm-hmm. we are better like we don't have to stoop to the level of like the people that don't understand us mm-hmm. but at the same time it it's a slasher movie you know without I mean, slashing well, is it i mean <laughs> that, i sat the there question. and when she was revealed i was like what did she really do wrong like let's be real here like these people is it bad to kill murderers she was like a superhero yeah like a vigilante yes 
the, there's so there's the opening kill, but then the next kill is an hour and twenty two in of an hour and arguably forty minute movie, mm-hmm. maybe hour thirty eight if we're pushing it. Well, there I literally is... sat there, forgot it was a slasher. Like, mm-hmm. well, the thing is, like, the horror. I don't know how you feel, but there is a world in which this is a horror movie about the horrors of like going to a camp like this exactly and like there are hints of that throughout but then if you're going to market as a slasher have it be a slasher movie and yet not have any slasher killings and i see why they're not killing off any of the queer characters because they're trying to be like oh like this is progressive it's really cool that we're not killing off a queer character but like not to say like it'd be good to kill the gays but like no it would good to kill the gays in this situation yeah I again this treating is, them like everyone else. Yes, right, exactly. That's quality. real equality. Yes, <laughs> yes. that's everyone this, deserves to die. That's why this movie is so interesting because I think like basically every choice that the movie makes, you can dig into, and I would like to dig into. I think all of them I agree, because yes. all of them are very interesting. <laughs> yes. Um. I guess we can start with the actual slashing or black thereof um so if people are not familiar with this yeah, movie do some table setting yeah. they slash them is ostensibly a slasher movie that takes place at a gay conversion camp where mm-hmm. over the course of a week a group of queer teens find themselves being targeted by a masked killer classic slasher style um but maybe the real villains are the people running the camp mm-hmm. who would have ever thought that it was dumped on peacock somewhat <laughs> Un- unceremoniously um after a premiere at outfest of premiered course at outfest it's i could not find any peacock numbers on it it's probably not great probably not great or they just haven't released them but it is written and directed as we mentioned by john logan who is a very big writer can we just go through his filmography yes like just yes because i think it is important because he has as we sidebarred brooke we text in real life which is really weird and crazy that we also talk in real life yeah it is. um but if you go through his filmography there's a lot of movies that we should cover down the line but like you have gladiator you have sinbad legend of the seven seas an animated <laughs> film that i ride for you also have the Aviator, Sweeney Todd, Rango, Hugo, Skyfall, Spectre, Alien Covenant. Like those are all kind of all heaters down the middle. Mm-hmm. Skyfall, famously, extremely gay Bond film. And Alien Covenant is the gay mm-hmm. alien yes. one, yes. Where right? You have Where Michael, Michael Fassbender, Fassbender is makes basically out with like himself. fucking himself. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, but then also Penny Dreadful, which is like a really well-received horror show, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's cool, and it's gothic, and it, and has, it has Patty Lapone. Patty Lapone is there. That rules. Which gives you so many queer points is right it, off who the Who's the lead in that? Because isn't it's, it... Um, Eva Green. Oh, Eva Green, Green is in it. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was queer. like, I knew there was someone... That's for, who, that's, that's for the girls in the gays. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Completely yes. agree. Are you a Penny Dreadful watcher, Corey? I've watched, I've watched a little bit of it. I'm like a big Patty Lapone fan, so I watched everything she's in. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, you're so right for that. <laughs> I've also only seen a little bit of it, but I want to watch more. It's very cool. It's really and- good. It's just like I don't have the time to like because I want to like dig into it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. it's commitment. It's an old school TV where it's like many seasons. <laughs> 22 episodes, 14 <laughs> seasons. That's a lifetime. It's so uh, good though. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very like it's uh it's very vibey in the way that like Sweeney Todd mm-hmm. is obviously like you have Tim Burton at the director range there but like that's a Sweeney. that's a good script that's a good adaptation and by no, the he's way he's an amazing writer like, yes. like he's so incredibly good. talented and I think like a lot of the writing in this was really great like the dialogue and stuff like that 
was fun. Like I had a good time. I just think some of the delivery, maybe some stuff got lost. Like, you know, maybe it was just tough. Maybe, maybe it was just a tough thing to write. I don't know. I, I do think he's hampered by clearly writing from an older generation. Yeah. Um, although I don't think that there's anything that is like a misstep in terms of like the understanding, you know, current trends of how queerness is evolving. I mean, like, I, I was, I was pretty impressed. Yeah. With the way, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I read an interview where he said he worked really closely with. I believe it was the human rights campaign to like really understand like trans issues specifically, Mm -hmm. um, which always appreciated. I just think maybe if we gave him like a co-writer or like, like just a little more help, Mm -hmm. just a little bit more, he would have really. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think where it, where it's the most glaringly obvious for me is the actual way in which the the teens, the young adults, because some of them are like college, Mm post-college, the way that they they talk to each other. Um, Obviously, the pink scene is maybe the best example. I I literally, like, I... I thought it was hallucinating for a second. I was like, this can't be happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's bad. It turned into glee, and then they never brought it up again. Like, and it just... can I say something controversial that I really don't want to say, but I think I I like need to get it off my chest here. Yeah. I think Ryan Murphy would have been a better director of this movie than him. And I know that Corey might be, looks he- slightly that might be heresy, but I think <laughs> I this do movie, disagree. This movie is so absent. Like there's no style or like flash or camp or like something, nothing. There's like no personality behind the camera. And at least with Ryan Murphy, you know, your dials are going to be, turned to 10 yeah and i think that i disagree granted i would say his handling of a lot of queer issues is very flawed you did say it was a take that you didn't know that you were that you wanted to say but i just think someone like that who is more bombastic could have added some camp element to this or like some personality it just feels so absent and devoid i loved the directing am i crazy I loved it. I was watching it and I was like, this is pretty. Oh my God, let's fight on Mike. (laughs) You know who would have added the camp to it? Craig Gillespie. Mm, Who did like Cruella and I, Tanya. But I don't know. This was really like, it almost felt like a copy of um, the American Horror Story camp. I was going to say, because Ryan Murphy does. There's a summer camp season. I'm pretty sure it takes place. Or no, it's the alien one that takes place on Cape Cod. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's this like one, a though, summer camp slasher season. Not to spoil yeah. who the I'm gonna spoil who the killer is. Sorry, it's Please not really do. that big of a. But um, the nurse, you know, kills the nurse and replaces her, which is exactly what happens in that one. And also, mm-hmm. obviously, anything Ryan Murphy touches is gonna be pretty queer. So, is I was like, uh, this is just that, but like a little bit funnier, I guess. Yeah, I can't believe I used to. I was so in the American Horror Story universe, and I didn't even know that they had a horror wow. season. Yeah, you it's should. Fan. You Wild. should check it. I <laughs> I have never seen that particular season. I think I was. It's actually really late. fun. Yeah, Emma Roberts kills it. I was gonna say Emma Roberts is back in that season, which mm-hmm. means That's fun. bodes extremely well. Yes, um, a scream queen. Yeah, and like summer camp slashers are very fun. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like. I would say maybe when you're having a sex scene in every summer camp slasher you've had before, when a character 
fucks, it usually means that they're going to die or something horrible will happen to them. So I don't know. Maybe when it happens twice in a row and there's no stabbings, it's a little <laughs> shocking. <laughs> no, I was like, okay, I get it. We're not trying to fetishize queer like sex. Great. But kill one of them the- off. <laughs> What's the goal here? I think I think the the what it really all boils down to, and then we'll go into kind of like yes, the, the slashing yes. aspects of it. But like the problem is that as a slasher, it's obviously not effective because there's very little slashing. But as sort of like a bait and switch, it's also unsatisfying. If this was marketed as a slasher and then you get into it, and like you said er- earlier, Corey, the real horror is like the actual conversion therapy Mm -hmm. and we're like looking at like the dramatics of this and it is kind of like a stealth drama like miseducation of cameron post right except scary yeah that is horrifying and if they had brought in the torture aspect Mm -hmm. perfect that's all you needed yeah but i don't think this movie they slash them is compelling as a drama either agreed or as you know a low grade psychological thriller yeah i think if as a slasher like they would have had to do they would have had to have more people involved with the camp and like more like they had they had to have kids that they wanted to kill mm-hmm. like or the killer had to have been worse in some way like i don't know the, the yeah. killer had to have been homophobic it would have been something like that you know there needs to I was, be I was gonna yeah. pull sleepaway camp and jordan was gonna be the killer and i was so ready for that so i was like you kill them jordan <laughs> like get it yeah I but no there. Yeah, I, I I think that there there should have been more of a moral dilemma or at least kind of like an interesting um, like conversation between who's killing who and why. And I also think that like what the movie tries to set up at the beginning is that Kevin Bacon and company are like a cool. nice conversion camp. Yeah, right. but. Which- interesting (laughs) you 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 don't buy it for a second and jordan actually says really early in the movie something feels wrong here that was like like the scary part of it too yeah yeah Yeah. so that's how we knew that they were torturing kids yeah the ultimate reveal though that they are torturing kids is like i mean of course really like did you expect anything else i think that it it, the the movie plays that reveal too late into the actual like runtime for you to be like oh my god and it's sort of yeah well it like it really relies on the characters relationships with each other which were super fun to see but at the same time it was like we are doing too much with this and we need to get to the blood i think the the most horrific scene honestly like in the whole movie i feel like it's like the only scene where i was like oh this is like a really actually well executed scene is the scene where our trans character is caught in the bathroom showering Mm -hmm. and they like drag them to the The male cabin cabin, and they're like how dare you lie to us blah 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 change your clothes all this stuff and it's horrifying because it's so invalidating of their identity and everything and the fact that they're spying on them and outing them it's awful and that was like the most effective emotional scene in it because it is like an actual horror that a trans person would go through in real life and like that felt like if the rest of the movie was relying on sort of those types of moments it would be effective but it just doesn't do that. And so it's left in this weird sort of floundering place. And I feel like if you think about like other camp conversion movies, like the ones that succeeds like your, but I'm a cheerleader works because it is like a camp camp movie Mm -hmm. or miseducation of camera post, which then takes like the coming of age, but within it, and then also is critique like 
analyzing how like the people who also work at a conversion camp are former queer people sometimes and how that weighs on them but it doesn't give them the like oh you're a good person because you used to be you know it's still critiquing them whereas this it doesn't actually fit to what its intentions are so it just feels kind of floundering yeah and if they really wanted to hone in on that point of like non-violence and like not letting not rising to the same level as like homophobic people I felt like they could have set it up earlier like that should have been a very strong theme throughout the entire film and it sort of was, but I don't think it was strong enough that it like really hit at the end. Yes. I think that there is like kind of an inherent issue that you as a creative are setting up for yourself when you are looking at something like this, where it's like a conversion camp slasher. What are we as the audience expecting from that? That there's going to be trauma for queer people, but we don't want to perpetuate trauma for queer people. Okay. <laughs> but like, that is kind of the point of your right. movie. Yeah. Like, I think that they kind of try to have it all. Mm-hmm and mm-hmm. like not overly torture the queer characters or kill them off which is great in theory but then you're not boring. you're not left with any anything any stakes yeah. really there are no stakes yeah because yeah. we knew that like an hour and a half in we were like okay so they're not killing any kids yeah like no one's really gonna die it's just gonna be the ones we already hate so no one's gonna be upset here like I will say, I think the scariest scene for me was the scene where um, Jordan goes to ther- the therapist mm-hmm. and the therapist like totally just, oh my God, that was like, as as a non-binary person, I was like, that like made me tear up. It was so scary. Yeah. Um, and, and basically just completely invalidated their whole gender. It was like, it was crazy. I thought yeah. that was like really well done, really well written, well executed, like great scene. Um, probably my favorite in the movie. But the rest of it, just I was like, this was the scary part. Like this is what we should have been doing, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm with you in that. I think that that was the most effective scene because that it feels like that's where John Logan is able to flex his writing chops in a way yeah. where that is like a very emotionally devastating scene and it's delivered so calmly and to me I think that like if that was a scene that was in the middle of a more commercial slasher it would like stop the movie in its tracks in the best way right. we'd be like yeah holy shit I thought we were watching a horror movie but this is like on a whole other level right Mm -hmm. and I think that given how Jordan like triumphs at the end and you know does get revenge in a certain way like that feels like a cathartic like setup payoff like you attempted to you know invalidate everything about me but you failed like yeah the camp didn't do anything yeah exactly yeah it's like kind of like a passive protagonist you have with Jordan where they like don't really they like rally the troops to you know fight back but then don't really Jordan, fight back. It was Jordan is such an interesting character. It was so upsetting that ending. And, and then they're like not there for half the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you have like one of the best like queer actors that we have today mm-hmm. playing this role. Like give them more, give them like, let them flex. That is like, my, so yeah. I was not familiar with any of Theo's work before this, but they are good in, what is it? Work in progress, right? Um, Yes. And okay. uh, they are very good in the politician, which it, yeah, is a, a Ryan, a Ryan Murphy, Murphy joint. Mm-hmm. Okay. But mm-hmm. I was going to, I don't know. This is going to be mean. I'm going to, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to anybody listening. I'm, I don't know why I'm being mean, but I just feel like the acting was not great in this. 
I think it because I think everyone's sort of playing like a stereotype of like a perfect queer lead where they're like, this yeah. one's like the one who loves musicals. This is the jock who is holding inside like a gay feeling. Here is your lesbian who is like a perfect house. You know, it's like all of the mm-hmm. main ones and there's not a lot of like nuance within it. And then none of the dialogue feels like it worked in like tandem with them. Like, I don't like whether it was like not knowing enough or something, but like a lot of like the deliveries just fell so flat to me. But I think that the talented group of young actors are not being done any favors yes by the script and i also would argue by the editing because it's it's even though this is not a long movie it's edited in a rather i would say like stilted way like scenes Mm -hmm. take a long time Mm -hmm. they they drag a bit and i think i think it's it undercuts obviously some of like the comedy or just like the potential like snappiness snappiness yes um like you almost have like a whole music video for pink in the middle of this yeah and like what 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 teenager listens to that in vogues like what are we what are we doing here when i told like i i sat there my roommate and i watched it together and we were like first of all none of like i haven't heard this song since i was like seven yes like i would never put this on willingly and like of, of any queer anthem you could have used like use lady gaga i was like, gonna why say why are you i love pink that's not the song uh, like yes perfect is to queer anthems what fight song is to feminist anthems like <laughs> yes it's a no nobody that, it was like was really it was good. giving Thank me you. like celebrities singing imagine yes, yes. In, like it was just why is this thing? like it was like this was a straight person's decision like yeah. yes yeah there's no way that a queer person could have could have been involved with that and i don't Um, know if i was like this that's where i was like listen john logan is in his 60s maybe he's like this is the the most recent song that to me exemplifies the queer community right but he's so wrong wrong. he's so honestly i feel like he did not make that decision i feel like someone else was like we need to put this in here i'm just gonna give him the benefit of the doubt on that one i think it's also very unfair (laughs) or not unfair but like this was his first his directorial like, debut let him do something smaller first just to get a hang of it before he is like because like kevin bacon like that's a big this is a, was a big movie to direct yeah for your first feature and like nerve-wracking i think that i think that it, i would be interested to see him tackle something that is more of a traditional drama because i think yeah. like his movies like Gla- gladiator obviously yes. being like the biggest one but like gladiator yeah. skyfall like I can see the elements of like how action and dialogue like are combined and play off each other. But like he needs something that I think has richer and older characters Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. a starting point. Yeah. I thought though, I I think his ability to build suspense was really good. And I was very impressed by that, but it just fell flat because there was no slash, like the slasher was never there. And so I feel like, the slash was did, not like, there. Yeah, the suspense builds and yeah, then there's nothing. Yeah, if he did like a, like a psychological horror or something, like, you know, he could probably tackle another horror film, just maybe not make it a slasher or put the slasher in there and lean into the camp. Like, Well, it's like he's good at genre stuff. And I mean, like, honestly, even though Aviator is like a period drama, the back half of Aviator is like kind of like a horror movie for like when you get yeah. into Howard Hughes's mind and like obviously Alien Covenant, as we talked about. But like, I was thinking about Skyfall a lot when watching this with Kevin Bacon's character and because they him and javier bardem sort of have that similar smarmy 
very like charismatic Cold attitude yeah. to them. Yeah. yeah. And like it works in that movie because Brooke, as you're saying, there's a more classical approach to the material. Yeah. And I think that this has the issue where it's trying to be so timely that it just kind of misses the mark. And it fe- and then ends up kind of feeling like a little belittling, you know, where you're just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, this is like what we think of like queer people. And like, this is it, you know, versus like any sort of more like depth or nuance. But yeah, I don't, you know, well, I know. no, I don't back yeah. away. I agree. It's just, I'm, I guess it's yeah. more, I'm just sad. Cause like you can see, it's like really frustrating when you can see the potential of something and it's just I can sort of see squandered. The vision. Yeah. Like if he had had, first of all, I loved the actors, but if they had had actors that were actually teens, like actual queer teens today, because I know it doesn't seem like a big gap, but like it is a big gap. Like if you are out of high school, you're you're very like you're, it's just a different you're old. different yeah yeah it's just you're just not going to understand the same like experiences and the way that like homophobia works today I guess mm-hmm. because like a lot of the stories that the kids were telling about why they wanted to be at the conversion camp or why they were there like felt very 90s you know 2000s where I'm like okay but what about like the cyberbullying mm-hmm. uh, like what about that kind of stuff like why like a lot of it just felt very outdated and so I felt like they could have honed in on some better topics but I did think I really enjoyed how each character had like a different thing I thought that was a very interesting scene yeah I think that I think that you hit the nail on the head and that a lot of the reasons feel outdated and also a lot of these these young people are pitched as being college age or older and it, it feels like not only are you experiencing different like types of homophobia in a different environment that you can't really get away from when you're like with yeah. your parents, when you're in high school, but also you have a very different relationship with yourself as mm-hmm. a queer person because you've Good been call. alive for yeah. a shorter amount of time. Like yeah. you're still developing as a person at the same time that you're developing like your sexual and gender identity. So I think that like, not I don't want to be like they made the kids too comfortable with who they are like that's not what I mean at all but it felt like there was this sense of being like I just need to get through this Mm -hmm. week and then return Mm -hmm. to exactly the same person that I was yes yeah versus like I think what works for but I'm a cheerleader is it's you know Natasha is like thrown there you know kind of against her will Mm -hmm. and it's like there's sort of like a frustration there and a rage at being like Mm -hmm. torn out of the life that you have in high school and forced to go somewhere that is like telling you how you're supposed to be which is like Mm -hmm. the antithesis of who you are and in this like while they're trying to do this you're saying Brooke it's so they're so concrete in it Mm -hmm. like there's no one who has that like obviously going to a conversion camp, you are going to be so frustrated because it's a horrible fucking thing, but we don't get any of that like fighting back against the system of oppression yeah, that's like, there. Yeah. All of them were like, well, I agreed to be here for a week. And I was right. like, like oh, well, you okay. do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and also like if you're in college, like why does it matter if your parents are, like are making you go to conversion therapy? Like you can get out you're of that. You're a legal usually. adult. Yeah. You're going to conversion therapy for broadway tickets the the only going to conversion therapy for a research paper yeah (laughs) like i the only one that i think like really works is alexandra story who is the the trans character Mm -hmm. um who we talked about earlier i think that see that was a great yes that was a perfect like 
like I wanted more of that Mm -hmm. you know together with the sort of shower scene that we talked about and uh, she has a very good scene with Anna Chlumsky, who is ultimately the slasher. Surprise, surprise. Um, where she asks for like her estrogen hormones back yeah. because she's only here because she has a younger brother and her parents have cut her off from seeing him. And like, mm-hmm. if she agrees to do this, like she can see her younger brother. Great, compelling. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very good scene. I think that that's a very real thing yes. that happens yes. to a lot of people. Yeah. Like, yeah, yes. But the rest of them are. There, there's a sense of like, there's a sense of complacency mm-hmm. in terms of actually enduring a week at the camp that does not make a ton of sense. Well, yeah, especially like in Gen Z, where yeah. queerness—not that like homo, like homophobia—has changed very much, and queerness has become a lot more normalized in our society. And so, like, even if people are bullying you at school, you can find you know queer groups online. Like, you can find queer spaces, and mm-hmm. queerness usually won't be super foreign to you like the scene where uh i'm forgetting her name the lesbian the blondie baker (laughs) yes was talking about how she's never heard of like they them pronouns or being transgender before and i was like (laughs) yes are you sure about (laughs) that where do you live honey and she basically just says that like she lives in a super white suburb but exactly it's like have you never picked up a phone right you have access to twitter like yeah. yeah, like, even in the most conservative towns, you can still, like, you still know what's going on in the world, usually. Like, um, even, speci- agree. Or you can, yeah. like, especially if you're a queer person, like, you you generally would be able to reach it. Yeah. And you'll yeah. see people being insulted, even in those towns, even if they're not being called yeah. derogatory queer slurs. Exactly. So, like, you'll be, like, unfortunately thrust into it no matter what. So. Yeah, and the thing is, I again, I think that this is a very generational thing. We're sort of like the don't ask, don't tell situation of small towns is not as prevalent as it used to be. Even like, let's just say, ten years ago. Like, I think that Jordan and I are slightly older we're than so you, old. and, but oh we're God. like right on the weird cusp where like I didn't really understand how to interact with the internet until I was like. 14 probably Mm. like the internet was still this kind of like don't talk to strangers place up until I was in high school and I think that my sort of like personal relationship with being queer changed radically once I had internet access where like it it opens you up to this whole world of like you said finding queer spaces and being able to like do research like Mm -hmm. when I was going into college I knew so much more than I did even two years ago but it was like through research like to be clear I knew what they them pronouns were when I was going into school and I grew up in a super white middle of nowhere town same same as you like there there is access to kids today and like to young people today that there wasn't 10 years ago and I mean like you think about like not to draw a line but i think it is fascinating seeing bodies 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 and this come out relatively in close succession to each other whether or not you think either are successful movies or not one of them is at least a little more knowing of sort of gen z dialogue and Mm -hmm. like how (laughs) those interactions work like rachel sennett's delivery of like i have body dysmorphia incredible awards things like that work much better in that movie and i wish that this had like 25% even though that wouldn't have been like enough to carry it but like if it had a dash more of that sort of sarcasm slicing humor I think it would have really helped especially like Gen Z culture today is like very 
depressed but also like not we're not going to be complacent like kind of like what you were saying like it's like we're angry yeah we're angry at homophobes we're angry at transphobes we're angry at like society for making these gender norms for us and it's we're not going to sit there and be like i just want to be perfect like i just want to be straight like i like as like i grew up in a very conservative white town very like we didn't talk about queer issues very much but like all none of my queer friends were like I just want to be straight like I want to go to conversion like I just want to like they it was more being angry at society for hating them for who they were yes you know yes it feels like it's it's almost it's it's sort of depressing in a way but it's like the dial has turned so far to being like why should I have to just accept that this is how things are that you have no choice but to have like the sense of like anger and like the desire to push back Mm -hmm. I think that like it's very interesting seeing like I have a younger sister and seeing some of like her younger friends and like people that I knew growing up how different their high school experiences were from like when we were in high school and it's a gap of like six years but yeah no it's crazy yeah it's because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, like no one in, I, I think I've talked about this before, but no one in my high school came out until everyone had graduated. And like, if there yeah. was one person who had come out in high school, I'm sure I might've come out earlier than I did, or at least been mm-hmm. more comfortable make like heading in that direction but instead it was like still a lot of homophobia being thrown in bullying a lot of homophobia online all these like toxic things swirling around so like it wasn't a safe space to come out but now my sister is like oh yeah like i have like a trans friend and like to have that in high school growing up is such a different experience within such a short time and like for a movie like this to have those more classical ideas of queerness is what really does hold it back ultimately. Yeah. And there are obviously plenty of towns where queerness still isn't accepted. Of course. But it's yeah. like, it's just, it's different than it it's was, different. you know, the conversation has changed. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It really is as simple as like, it's different now than it yeah. was five years ago. And I think that like bodies, bodies, bodies is a good call because I, I am a writer. I am a relatively young writer. And uh, young. As, as a relatively young writer, I think that I, tend to get pigeonholed for maybe like Gen Z adjacent things where they're like, oh, you're young. And I'm like, "Mm." but the thing is, just because I am, I don't know, five years younger than you doesn't necessarily mean that I'm more in touch with like what is going on. (laughs) Like, I I think that things are moving so quickly that vague proximity doesn't necessarily give you that level of access. And I think that like you look at a movie like they slash them where it is clear that the characters are being designed from someone who is removed, even with the absolute best of intentions mm-hmm. um, versus bodies, 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 which I do think is like a, a very up to the moment. Um, yeah. Like look at Gen Z, even if I don't totally love where that movie ends up going. I think that yeah. the, the actual dialogue and moment to moment like chatter is is extremely up to the moment your parents are upper middle middle class class. they teach (laughs) at university it's It's public public. (laughs) wow i I hate and love us um i do want to say though like before because we've just been insulting this movie a lot and i just really want to just ride for one person and really respect him and it's kevin Kevin bacon Bacon. the man no matter well not only did he ate he he ate that whole pie (laughs) But like everything that he has said during interviews and everything where he is so accepting and learning of the queer community, like he is really one of those 
older Hollywood male actors who could have totally just like shut himself off, not really cared about anything and just like kept doing these things. But he like to produce this is like, I like granted whatever it says about like the movie itself is like fine. But like to have a stake in trying to do something like this is important. But then like throughout the interview process, learning about conversion camps and how they're still happening, learning about like all of like pronouns and the changing queer community and being so accepting and open to, changing his mind yeah. about that really says something about him as a person okay so especially I, yeah especially because he's like an american hero like exact, so many people yeah. look up to him right setting such a good example of like this is how you can properly and like respectfully learn yes. and not just be bitter yes. yeah and that it doesn't have to like stop at a certain age exactly. that there's not like a cutoff exactly. for when you like decide that you're gonna stop learning things right. about yeah. the right. state of the world yeah yeah. So I just wanted to say that for him. We stand Kevin Bacon. We have to. When we talked about him in Wild Things, in which he is playing like a coded, closeted gay character, mm-hmm. there was like because he was very involved in in that movie as well, and there was a lot about him being like, no, this is like really interesting. We should like dig into this. Like yeah. he, I love him. He's he's, he's a legend. I love him. He wow. also looks. Not to be like this no, conversion kid no, counselor who looks daddy. hot, but he looks hot with that salty I know, gray hair. I, 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 like, I found myself being like, why do I kind of like this conversion therapy? Like, it's fucked up. He's kind of, yeah. Why is he hot? And, and I feel like he, at the beginning, I was like, I know he's homophobic, but he just seems <laughs> nice. Like, he seems like he's a nice guy. I can't. That's why you you want the bait and switch to be effective because he is very charismatic and right. he is very charming and you're like yeah I do trust Kevin okay, Bacon Daddy. even though I know <laughs> that I shouldn't in this I situation. I trust Kevin. I don't trust the counselor, but I trust Kevin so I much. I trust yeah. Kevin Bacon yeah. himself. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, again, I think it's like. I, I was interested to see sort of how his character changes in the let's all be men and go shoot things mm. yeah. scene because he does then turn into, um, I think there's like a, and he plays the scene very well, but there's definitely a shift into more of like what you would expect from yes. this kind of like classic conversion camp where he's like, be, who's man enough? Like shoot my fucking dog. Yeah. Like he, he just goes into like a hyper. That scene sent me. It was crazy. Fucked dog. up. Fucked up. I do not like that. That was scary. Like I'll admit, I, I was on the edge of my seat. Like that was too much. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Anytime a dog dies in a movie. No good. I used to like really not be able to watch like anything bad with animals and movies. Mm -hmm. And I think this is so this is so inside baseball, but actually working in the industry and watching dailies where like we just did a horror movie where some bad shit happens to a dog and watching the dailies and watch how they sort of like will stitch everything together made me feel so much better about watching animal violence in movies. That is good. (laughs) They just it's 99.9% of the time. It's just really clever editing oh, and yeah. i was like yeah movie well, magic like, baby in they slash them the dog was like lying down the dog like, is asleep was, right. the dog yeah. is taking a nice nap oh, yeah right <laughs> um just on there's one thing that kevin bacon i forgot to mention this when we were talking about how good i love not i love but like the line that gets me is where he's talking about like tickets to see moulin rouge which of course john logan fucking produced but where <laughs> then kevin bacon's like you look like a sondheim guy to me mm-hmm. like that's fun and charming and it's that thing is like you get hooked to him mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. and if it was a good horror movie you would get a nice twist but you don't you don't and he's not even really the person that is like going in and trying to 
I guess, make the teens slip up and act more gay so that he can feel justified in torturing them. Like, he sends proxies to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a proxy war. I still felt like he was the main villain because he was... He's the puppet master. allowing these people to do that, you know? He was running the camp. But, like, I don't know. Like, he was so much worse than the nurse was. And even though she was killing people, it was like, okay, but he's doing the same thing. So... I think also, how do you guys feel about the reveal where there's the two other counselors, Mrs. Mrs. Baking and Mr. Sports, where the 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 young hot so counselors. Well, <laughs> the the thing is, like, I the politics of this. So just to lay it out there is like they are two former converted camp goers, and there's a sex scene with the two of them where they're fo- holding up like pictures of campers that are there and like having sex while looking at those photos and to be clear the campers that they are getting hot to are the same sex as themselves yes showing that the conversion therapy doesn't it actually doesn't work. work and they're right. they're shocker. mutually bearding for each other yes. shocker and it's like having again it's like they're portraying these like two there's like a lot going on there because you can unpack like the evil queer sort of then inflicting this trauma upon yeah I mean other queer people that you know scene was I mean? kind of funny I no, was kind of it's funny for but it. there's like there's that's the thing is like there's like things in as we were saying there's things in strings you can pull out of it and like how we view queerness because this movie is so clearly not trying to portray gays as evil but then it does have a gaze as it evil, has evil gaze. moment yeah and so you're like well, like it could have i felt like it could have tackled like the predatory gay that's like what well, yes yes so in such a different better way like agreed could have really dug deep into that especially with that the generation it's tackling of like we were talking about cyberbullying but like chat rooms and the internet allows for so much like horrible things to happen in queer circles yeah just as it does in straight circles but like they could have really tackled that too yes yeah the idea that like you're supposed to be lured in by these people Mm -hmm. who like offer safety and that like they can be just as predatory as anybody else and i gabriel bait and switch yeah, yeah it's it's very interesting that they have the the older female camp counselor basically trying to seduce the girl who likes to bake um wandy from the suburbs but they they don't do that they don't really fill out that parallel with the jock guy instead they have this like weird planted camper who is mm-hmm. actually part of like the conversion therapy group who's it's like a honey trap situation but i was like that feels like yeah, a was, missed parallel agreed yeah it was weird because those were the only two campers that wanted to change so yeah clearly that was on purpose but i was sort of like why don't we care about any of the other campers like there's also not doing this to the campers that are like aggressively queer Right. Like, are you basically trying to show that even people that want to be straight can't hide their gay inclinations? Again, like, I mean, yes, you can't well, then, force also, yourself, like, but... Like, you're going to let your son be gay, but not... Like, that was all very strange to me. The Gabriel reveal, I was like, okay. But yeah. Like, what's really the goal of this camp? Yeah. 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 I I, I agree. It's It seems like basically... We don't want you to, we don't want to straightify you because we basically want to torture you for being queer. So as long as you give into your queer impulses, that gives us like basically the freedom mm-hmm. to torture you. So don't become straight so that but we can. Kevin but like, Phil what? Yeah. really hated the queer characters like Jordan and Alexandra. So yeah. I was, 
I just was like, okay. Right. 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 Like he he's initially kind of like on the surface accepting, but the Alexandra scene where it's like, if you lie to us, Mm -hmm. you know, that's considered like an offense. And he, you know, Kevin Bacon keeps misgendering Jordan and stuff like that. It's 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 very muddy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's very muddy. And I also I'm sure that I was supposed to find this scene scary, but (laughs) the (laughs) the electric chair scene where Mm -hmm. they're just showing pictures of hot women and then hot men. It was like stock photos. It was like, yes, I was dying. I thought it was so funny. And I was like, if this was supposed to be funny and campy, I would be here for this. But it, it felt like that was at the moment where the story should have been ramping into like actual horror territory where I was like, this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think it's meant to be. Nope. Yeah, totally. Nope. It was, it's like the parallax view, but bad. Like, what are we doing here? Like, you're not like, if the photos were funny, that would be more entertaining, but because they're stock, it's this weird in between two. It just does not work. It's kind of like, okay. And then like, G- yeah. Like Gabriel's yeah. death via the same thing. Also, isn't that, scary or horrifying you're just like we just had a scene like three minutes earlier where we saw this the same thing like you're you're repeating like yeah he deserved it but yeah the aversion the aversion therapy which is the electric chair in question again it's it's i'm surprised with how this movie is structured given that john logan is such a veteran screenwriter and who usually writes incredibly well-structured yeah. movies. And again, that's what makes me think that like maybe yeah. he just didn't get a lot of say. Like, I was going to say. Because it just really doesn't feel like something, you know, it feels like the, just a lot happened. And this was actually, from what I understand, this was kind of like Blumhouse's idea. Like they, they Blumhouse was interested in producing something that took place at a conversion camp. It's a great idea. It's such it's just... a good premise. It's such a good premise. And uh, I know John Logan wrote the the script on spec, yeah, which so- is bananas to do when you're this established. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure he got compensated after the fact, but well, like, that's crazy. Yeah. So maybe this was like, cause I actually really um, love what you said earlier, Corey, about Blumhouse's kind of like underserved horror initiative mm. and how yeah. there are like some good aspects and some bad aspects to it. Yeah, like they're clearly putting in the work to like bring about minority voices, but it's like, you need to give those voices a chance to tell the, like you need to give them the tools and just let them do it like yeah you know it feels very like as we're saying dated it feels like a lot of it feels a little dated yeah i think so did i mean but i think so does like so did the black christmas we make Mm -hmm. you know like we famously love that movie not in a love sense but in uh almost every episode has a little stinger of it so (laughs) uh like that one was like this is feminism for like you know it's 90s feminism yeah The the, really, uh, the the clip where they do their little like dance uh, remix of um, mm-hmm. <laughs> up on the housetop, whatever it is, and someone in the audience just screams, women! Um, we have added as a soundbite over and over again. I'm sure that. you just heard it uh-huh. uh, yep. via some post magic. But yes, I, I very similarly. And it like, I think that 
there are some really, really incredible reviews written by queer and trans and non-binary reviewers about they slash them and like what it's saying about the queer community in general. And I think like it is a larger problem with how we're getting quote unquote more representation in these mainstream or designed to be mainstream movies. Is that like if you're afraid to step on any toes, you just get a movie without stakes and without yeah. anything interesting. You you have yeah. to be willing to wade into muddy waters, even if you are writing from an extremely personal experience. You mm-hmm. it, like you still have to be willing to like go there in order to really give your movie like a push and pull. Yeah, and like if you're writing about a perspective that you have an experience. You have to research that so heavily and ask questions, like get, like get people to read, get non-binary people to read your script, get trans people to read your script. Like there should have been a huge team of like queer correspondents working on this film and making it as authentic as they could. And like, that's why I was so excited at first because they had queer actors. So I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like they're going to listen to the actors. The actors will let them know. I don't know if that happened. But. Listen, the I I can guarantee you that there was not enough queer collaborators yeah. on this on this film and the reason is because of the pink scene because that is the absolute first thing that any queer like critic or any reviewer would be like this is insane. Yes. Like, anyone worth their salt would be like no. Burn but that even, scene like, in hell. Even as a non-queer person, like can you really watch that scene and be like yeah, this and is not what should be cringe? Movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's really. I it's just really. Rough. I really sat. I literally sat there like for the full three minutes, not knowing what to do. It goes it on really, and on and on. I, I figured it would stop, like a like a Glee sequence. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It no. did not. And there's a weird cut at the end to Kevin Bacon like watching what? them. And then nothing happened. Nothing is is nothing comes of that. But, but it was also like he was talking about how he wanted them to all have fun, and it's mm-hmm. so it's like it's so weird. Is this not what you wanted? So confusing. <laughs> you and I found upsetting was the pie scene because none of those pies looked good. Jordan is a all is, of the baking, is an avid baker. Avid, but like even outside of that, when she was like, "My God, your pie looks so good." It was underbaked. It's so white. Like, girl, you put that in for, at like three twenty for five minutes. Like, this is not a cooked pie. Also, like the tops of the pies were like totally normal. Like none of them were like fancy. Fancy? No, no. A mess. I was so annoyed at that scene. This has been Jordan's baking Well, it's like, it is like a food in like a baking, like, you know, like when you like, it's the same thing. Like if you get into like a hobby or something and like you see that thing on screen and it's so (laughs) misconstrued or isn't what it is. And you're just like, it takes five minutes just to know what a good pie looks like. What are we doing here? You yeah, know? they could have like airbrushed a little bit of brown on that. Right. Like, That's all like, you come need. On. Some Go to golden brown. Bonds. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just fly in a pie. It's, right. it's all good. Yeah, get a pie. Who cares? Like <laughs> um, deep what are side. some other because I I keep I give the most I was frustrated by not frustrated, but it's like it's the sort of setup thing, like the sex scene after the pie scene, and the person who was there basically is like an investive investigative journalist it's this is between the two college-ish age girls blondie from the suburbs Mm -hmm. um on the dock yes and it's like it is i think that thing about like knowing the genre that you're working in an audience frustrations when you're not giving what is expected because i think it is that thing is like you're going to have a camp 
set movie and you want sort of camp set kills and throughout the entirety of the movie we don't actually have any kills that feel emblematic of a ca- classic like camp horror yeah. slasher mm-hmm. you know like there should be sort of a kill at the dock or like a kill in the water there should be someone who sneaks into a bed and you get like a knife through the bed or something you know like none of the kills or moments actually felt like they knew what the material or the genre the sub genre that they were working in which i think is like sort of frustrating and like i'm so fine with audience subversion but like you have to be There's clever in subversion, subversion. <laughs> right too much of it right so then it's it just didn't end up actually delivering on any of the promise of the premise yeah, which the is thing. a flaw you stop expecting scares when there's so many like false starts i exactly. think uh and Corey, as a horror expert would love to hear a your gory, gory. opinion i i think that the most compelling kills to me were the groundskeeper who does get killed at like the midpoint gets his head smashed through yeah, a but- computer mm-hmm. but what what does it say nothing well yeah it's one of those things where like I like I I write slashers that's like my favorite genre and so one of the rules of slashers is you have to have characters that you're willing to kill because you have to make your audience upset like no one cares that the groundskeeper died that's a first kill you know that's an opening kill like that would have been great if he had died you know 20 minutes into the movie and then we started seeing the campers get picked off that would have been great perfect but I was like okay I honestly, I don't even care who the killer is because I don't care who they're killing. Yes. You know, like it, if they if the campers started getting picked off, I would be like, oh my god, it's one of the campers. Like, who's doing this? That's like you want the drama of of the camp dynamics, you know. Yeah. And there are so many extra campers. I was just gonna bring there. This up. There are so many campers who are are there are in the background of a lot yeah. a lot of scenes. Really don't have any lines. They're essentially no, featured no lines. extras. No lines. And yet you could have killed so many of those characters. Also, like when you have a slasher, you want to not have everyone survive. Like you want to have people yes. dead at the end so that the characters can grieve. And like, I felt like they, there were so many characters that they could have killed off. Yeah. Especially because a lot of them didn't end up with like any relationships. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I, I just, it's, it's, it's truly baffling in a way and I think that there had to have been a conversation in some way shape or form early on in this process where if you're saying the consensus of this movie is that we don't want to kill any of the queer characters okay but what are you replacing the slasher with like Mm -hmm. what or if you are trying to make this whole giant bait and switch where it's not really a slasher it is a drama about the horror of conversion camp where does the turn come? How do we really show that like that is a big turn? Um, and it just it's it's missing the things that I feel like are so crucial to like the development of an actual story and playing with your audience expectations. Yeah. yeah and like if they didn't want to kill any of the campers, the only person they had left to kill was the nurse. And so it was kind of like they kind of like dug themselves into a hole because like if you had given us other counselors that were like allies or other people that we liked, then maybe it would have been better. Yeah. But. Or give us some shitty campers. All the right. campers get along so well. There's not yeah. one like bully or like annoying camper or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. But like, could you imagine if Toby had died or like, yeah, like that would have been so gut wrenching and we all would have been so upset about it. Yes. And that would have been really scary. Yeah. Like, and have some, like, sorry. Austin Crude is like such a right. star. Yes. Like, let him show off his range. More. Yeah. yeah. 
It's like, honestly, yeah. like you could have also, I hate to be like, you know, script chair <laughs> producing or whatever, but like have like inter-community discussions or like if you want to have like a villain, have like a villain who is like from one aspect of the queer community or whatever and be like hating on another aspect or you like misgendering or something. Like yeah, then you have you someone you could kill off. <laughs> that is such a good idea because like, you could have tackled like transphobia within the community. Yes. You could have t- tackled biphobia within yes! the community. So much. Yeah. The the weird thing is that the, the jock guy, I think like, you know, his punishment is that he gets, you know, aversion therapy tortured, but he is very much not accepting of either Alexandra, the trans character, or Jordan. Right. Like he is kind of like, I am not gay by choice. I am very upset that I happen to be gay and I yeah. want to make it everybody's problem. Okay, great. Why is he still alive at the end yes. of the movie? Much less striking up a relationship. Yes. With, mm-hmm. like, well, yeah. Yeah. Like, what did he learn? What did he learn? What did Jordan learn? Because was Jordan ever violent at the beginning either? No. Like, Jordan didn't like, learn anything. That's another thing is like, which one of these queer characters were leading a violent revolution? Like, and who, who, like grows over the course of the movie (laughs) i think that you you mentioned it earlier jordan and i've seen this in a lot of reviews the idea that like every queer character has to be like the perfect queer stereo or sort of like you know not really a stereotype but like they they have to be good Mm -hmm. and pure and morally like we they're basically like the the this queer version of the virginal final girl like nothing happens to them but also they're never really in danger because the slasher is not in fact targeting them Mm -hmm. like they not only are they never targeted they also don't go through any growth and like (laughs) nothing nothing happens to them and i think that that's such a good example of how being afraid of how people might look at underrepresented characters or like come at you for your portrayal of something can be not only devastating to like your reviews um, and the lifespan of the movie, but also to like the conversation itself. Um, Like being too safe in this case, like not being willing to give any of your queer characters, like actual flaws that impact the story, like legitimately does not make for a good movie. You have to let, you have to let your characters be three dimensional. You have to give them flaws. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because guess what? Because I don't know, queer people in real life have flaws. Hey, guess what? Everybody has flaws. What a shock! Queer people are people. Oh my we're god, real, we're real what? people. It's more harmful, and this is like the weird, like what monkey paws version of like wanting more queer representation <laughs> is that it's like it is arguably more harmful to the greater community to pitch all queer characters as like morally perfect, yeah. never done something wrong in their lives people as it is to just actually let them be accurate yeah yeah and it's it's like it's hard to watch because you you look at other movies that Blumhouse has produced like Get Out where like you have these really great representations of like flawed black characters who just feel like human beings and then it's like okay so we can not can we not do the same thing like what did we learn I think it is this frustrating thing because also not to be like, I I don't think this will really 
how damaging it will be, whatever to the community or whatever. Yeah, that's the thing. But it's fine. It is a frustrating thing where you then you can have people be like, "Oh, we tried this thing. This thing mm-hmm. didn't, work. didn't work. Now we don't yeah. need to like do this thing again because look, mm-hmm. it didn't do all well the box office and it got bad reviews. So clearly, people don't want this thing. And it's like, well, no, we we do. It's just it wasn't executed well. So it's like missing the mark on both sides. I think that there is something interesting to having like the good queers, a.k.a. the campers and sort of the morally bad queers, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. the former campers who are now, quote unquote, straight. And Anna Chomsky, who is actually back for revenge, is like the one that in theory would be leading the revolution. Who's like, I'm actually coming to like shut down these conversion camps across the country. First of all, she did nothing wrong. Secondly, like there is something interesting in theory about pitting kind of like those two ideologies against each other. But it's not a conversation. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of like a I'm not stooping to your level. You can get arrested by the police, which is also like. Right. This is also a huge world. issue in the queer yes. community. Yes, yes. I was just police gonna, have yeah. never supported the queer community. Right. Yes. Why are we? Yeah. And also, like the police there are probably complicit in what was also happening at the conversion. Right. This so, is like, the middle yeah, of nowhere. Was saying that he's like on the board of selectmen. Yeah. And, yeah. So it's like, yeah. what are we? Why are you calling the cops? What are we doing? <laughs> why would you call the cops? No cops at Pride. <laughs> exactly. It was so. Mm, it was just yeah. so interesting. Yeah. God. Uh, but I, I do, I, I wonder if part of the idea to have Anna Chlumsky's character be the main villain was to kind of create sort of like, I don't know, a lot of classic horror and slasher franchises, like there's a big queer connection to the actual villain in question. Mm-hmm. Like, I All wonder. slashers are inherently queer. Yes, they fucking are. I wonder if there was like some sort of desire to be like, let's create like an iconic villain in mm. the same sort of way. Who is oh, like. That would have been so good. But unfortunately. The mask. She's not, not iconic. Not scary. <laughs> not cool. I thought the mask was so funny because it looked kind of like the baby mask from Happy, Happy Death, Death Day. Happy Death Day. But then it, yep. it, it had the slash through it. And I was like, is that the slash? <laughs> like, is that. That's the they slash them. <laughs> <laughs> it's the titular slash yeah no literally it was it the first thought that i had when i saw it was it was happy death day i'm like mm, interesting choice okay mm-hmm. sure i just took the same mask and like yeah, paper over shade over it did some stuff with it yeah yeah i like the desire for there to be like a queer vigil- vigilante who is you know has a moral well, code like, that they're killing by yes yeah. it would have been really funny if if they had ended it in a different way and she escaped and they made like a TV show where she went like camp to killed. camp. Yeah. That would be fun. Like I'd have a good time. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I do have a, a soft spot for Anna Shlomsky cause I think she's very, Oh my talented. God. She's amazing. And I'm yes. my girl finally herself. getting like the role she deserves. Like I'm so excited. Yeah. She's great. <laughs> um, I do think like there is a lot of like, rich fodder in this world though and like there's potential so i would be curious Corey, to hear as a non-binary person and a writer of slashers if you were to do something that's kind of in this like reclamation genre what what are the types of things that you would want to see oh that's interesting um i think i would probably want to see like hmm, if you're gonna have a non-binary protagonist like i think it would be really interesting to go through like not like the gender roles of our world but like specifically how they are harmful to people so then you could always do you know a slasher very similar to like Angela from Sleepaway Camp where Mm -hmm. like 
the gender roles are what is causing the issue. Like, and especially when we look at a lot of male slashers or serial killers in general, most of the time they're killing because they've been kind of like, because this like white male rage builds up. And so I think that's a really interesting thing to unpack that could have like, it would have fit so well into this film. But I also think that is very expected. So, yeah. But also like, I, I kind of do love that idea because there's no reason that you can't have that and also have a non-binary protagonist at the yeah. same time. There's well, no like, reason. And then yeah. watching a non-binary protagonist take down that slasher, like mm-hmm. there, yeah. there, there's your there's your theme. Like <laughs> there you go. And I, I do love like uh, the original idea of kind of like this this inner community violence and just having that again you don't have to make the killer necessarily being targeted like more oppressed queer people Mm -hmm. but like um like the jock character right why didn't we have him die for being a little bit of a transphobe right i think that would have been nice yeah i don't know (laughs) justifiable or at least he could have learned to not be transphobic at the end which like (laughs) yes maybe he did but we didn't see it you know if he does it's implied right yeah very implied heavily 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 and he and austin crute have a quote unquote relationship My which ass. makes no sense they could have they could have done so much more with that but also i was like so are we just gonna have toby be like teaching him everything now like yeah right is it really toby's responsibility to like raise this man like yes yeah, yeah. It's, it's a classic it's deserved a better classic thing where it's like this minority character is going to teach us about X thing. Yeah. And even though it's mm-hmm. within the community, it's still that frustrating thing. Where and you're he's like, going to make this toxic white character a good person. Right. Yeah. Like, God, really? Like, do it enough in real life. You don't need to do it in a fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is basically what Jordan's thesis at the end of the Jordan, the character. It not is. Jordan, no, the it podcaster. is. Yes. That is what Jordan's thesis <laughs> at the end of uh-huh. the uh, movie is, is like, I'm better than you and I'm going to like basically throw that in your face. And that is enough for me is to know that I am better than you. Like there is as much as it is like just, you know, as much as that is a a fine, I think like opinion to have, it does kind of reek in the context of the movie as like a superiority complex. Yes. Like not to, not to get into like theory and whatever, but like why why couldn't Jordan have helped her? Like she clearly was, very mentally ill and traumatized and like clearly on a bad path and he could have been and they could have been like listen violence isn't right and like could have clearly explained that and like that would have like tied for like better into like how the queer community works and how a lot of people like have this internalized homophobia and they learn to like become allies or become like it just didn't didn't hit for me and Jordan, who we've seen to be a empathetic character, like who helped Thank Alexandra, yeah, they, yes, with they like so clearly like helped this nurse. I just yeah. don't understand. Yeah, and it's basically like for a character that has been shown to be empathetic and like interested in helping like the queer people around them and basically being like the leader mm-hmm. at the end of the day says just because you killed people due to what seems to be understandable trauma aka being tortured for years of your life um to me that's grounds to hand you over to the cops right what at the end of the day like they they were the leader and they were like okay we're gonna get that we're gonna get all the kids out of here but what they did nothing they, they stood there nothing. and just sat back like yeah didn't even fire a gun. 
and didn't stop anyone from being killed for the record kind of tries to stop Kevin Bacon from being killed but like extremely half-heartedly he does get impaled on uh like a mounted mm-hmm. that was awesome. deer which is like great that, yeah. that is like a class that to me is a classic <laughs> camp slasher kill, kill. yeah that is especially is awesome. like for this for this man who's like hunting, yeah, yes. and it's like yes, right. men. Oh, masculinity. Oh, I love my gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was good. I I was a fan of that. Um, I did. Th- I don't know. Again, if I I could have, I would have been interested to dig more into like the actual Kevin Bacon of it all because I think like charismatic. Hey, we're all friends here. Like all love. Uh, I see you're a Sondheim man versus. We need to like hunt our own meat and kill it. Right? Are you a predator? Are you prey? Kind is, of thing? Yeah. What is the connection? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I thought it, at first I was like, is this going to be like a hereditary thing where they're going to make us really like this cult leader and like we're going to kind of like the conversion therapy camp and then we're going to find out how evil they really are? Yeah. That would have been really interesting too. Yeah. <sighs> well, coulda, shoulda, woulda, you know. <laughs> God, <laughs> just depressing, really. I really I'm sorry, John Logan. I know you tried. Like, we love you, John really Logan. You it's okay, King. I would be interested you did your to best. see. Yes, I'd be interested to see him direct something else. Also, oh I'm my interested God. to I see. I want to see him do more. Yeah. I'm so interested. Give him this another is his shot. First movie. Yeah. Maybe one not tackling these sort of things, though. Maybe like a yeah. nice classical drama. I'd be interested to see his directing in a less like sensitive, I guess, context because mm-hmm. I I feel like I couldn't really focus on the directing because I was so <laughs> caught up in like what in was the absurdity going on. of what was the chaos. Yeah, and uh, like I'd like to see. I don't know. I want to see more of like his actual style. I thought that this movie was very like po- like it's very flatly yes. colored yes. it's it's, it's kind of like kind of gray lit it's pretty gray um but i do like like a lot of what i like his instincts like i i yeah, a lot like of the, the staging and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff was great so mm-hmm. and a lot Ooh. of the reviews are like he's very good at the tension yeah there's just nothing yeah. at the end of the tension. we're so close we're getting there you know it's, it's like edging <laughs> the entire time without without any fucking payoff so yeah. like but like in horror the whole point is to edge and then give good payoff mm-hmm. so if you can't do that what are we doing mm-hmm. yeah. i just think i think maybe he needs a co-writer i just think maybe next time you know yeah i appreciate help I appreciate how we're all John Logan supporters, though. We're like, we... we it's just his filmography I, stands on you its can own. Tell he, worked, he worked so hard, you know? He really did his best to understand the community, which is all we can ask for, you know? Like, I appreciate it. I just think maybe he needed a little more help than he got. Yep. Uh, just watch Sleepaway Camp instead. What's I, any, honestly, any camp fucking <laughs> thing. thing. Seriously. I think I would love to cover a sleepaway camp, but it didn't it did not hit the the screens that we needed mm. to. And I was I think that like I don't know, this is Blumhouse. You have like the premier horror uh studio like backing this. Yeah. Like it's clearly meant to like cause a bit of a, a splash and it mm-hmm. did. I think it just deflated once the actual have you guys movie done sleepaway camp yet we can't. we can't it's it's too it's too indie are so basically really how how we decide what we're gonna do it's very it's much more difficult for streaming properties but how we decide what we're gonna do for things that had a theatrical release is like it has to have hit a thousand screens because we're mostly interested mm-hmm. in kind of like 
how mm-hmm. queer depiction changes for like the four quadrant yeah, audience. Yeah, but it's become like such a cult classic now. I know, but interesting. Never know. Well, if you fourth, if you uh, ever 1, decide to do it, I wrote a research paper on that movie. It's, Hell yeah! I have a lot to say on the on the queer themes. We'll sleep. Call you away from that paper to come on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I, I do. I do think though on the four four quadrant aspect of they slash them that like a lot of the how sensitive this movie seems to feel about queer issues like sort of speaks to the four quadrant nature mm-hmm. of yeah. what this was supposed to be. Yes. I can definitely see this in theory like getting that big theatrical release if the execution had been better. Mm-hmm. I can I again, I can see the vision. I see Blumhouse backing it. And like John Logan, like we said, is extremely extremely established. Yeah. Like yeah. and he is in the exact right um position kind of, to Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also just a weird yeah. time when these movies are yeah, coming if out because your COVID hadn't happened, then it would be a whole nother story. Like it's yeah. the COVID it probably thing. Would have been in theaters. It's the peacock thing where like movies are or streamers are trying to figure out like what is the line for a movie that can go to a streamer and what is a movie that can go to a theater. Mm-hmm. And Peacock is whatever they're doing. Walking that just, line. <laughs> they're really towing the line on some of these. Like with Halloween ends, doing day and date with that on Peacock and what streaming is, is mind-blowing to me because it's been proven time and time again that if you go to theaters you're going to make way more money than if you just dump Especially on a streamer like, halloween's gonna do well like right like even if it's really well. bad it's gonna make money so it's just kind of strange to see like how think, peacock is approaching I mean, these things i assume that blumhouse has some kind of deal with peacock where they're like you have to bring it here but like I'm, I mean, they have the deal at Universal and Universal, right. obviously, like owning Peacock, Peacock. So it's pro- but it's like the Peacock has been of all the streamers is the one that's pushing. And what they've said is they are really trying to do the day and date thing more than any other streamer. Yeah. And yeah. it just hasn't seemed to work that well. Like, you know, I'm surprised well, that no one has Peacock. Yeah. Like, I, no one I, I know, at least not no one my age has Peacock. I literally had to sign up for Peacock Me to too. watch this movie, and then I promptly canceled my premium wow. subscription. Wow! Um, I did too. Yep. That was me it's on so Paramount. Cheap that I was like, oh yeah, it's che- I was like, I can think I can spare two bucks for this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I, I am so surprised that they're pushing day and date so hard though, because as we saw at the beginning of the pandemic, Disney Plus like really shot themselves in the foot by doing that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why is Peacock hanging on so strongly to like the desire to do day and date with Halloween, one of the biggest yeah. franchises? HBO that they have. also then like it was you know they 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 blew so many relationships doing it, and then mm-hmm. now they're like, you know what, we're not actually gonna do that. Sorry about that. Like, yeah, recognize. It's just like, and like if it was HBO Max or something, maybe I would, it would make more sense. But like, I don't think they have the numbers to just. Right. Yeah. Like if Netflix dropped it, it would be a little different. But like, I don't know. It's it's strange. It's strange. It's strange, but it's clearly something that is meant to be targeted to the like general horror 18 to 35 community. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, this is, this is a movie that is meant to be seen by a lot of people. Right. Um, And how many people was it seen by? Not that many. Well, that's the thing is I have no idea. The best thing that I can go um, for is honestly Letterboxd and looking at like how many people have seen it on there because I don't have any of the stats. Um, But should we take a guess at what the letterbox score is yeah let's let's do it oh so, boy Corey, i know you already know and i obviously already know <laughs> jordan it's gonna be low it's gonna be low i'm gonna go with a one 
one three is too mean one nine it's a one six oh, right yeah. in the middle oh, shit most people give this thing one star Dear or Lord. half a star which is okay. listen i think it's better than that but i yes how much better how that's much pretty, better is the is the rough. real question i uh, had look i i had a fun time watching it i respect I that for you I, I knew <laughs> I knew that I knew that I was in trouble when the hot girls were making out on the dock and I wasn't and particularly into interested. Yeah. I was like, oh no, this is this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Um that's not good. However, 19k people on Letterboxd have seen it and we have almost 9k reviews. So, you know, it's it, it's out there. It got some eyeballs on it. I just think I think it would have done much better if the reviews had pushed more people to see mm-hmm. it, uh, to sign up for Peacock, as it were. Um, but yeah, no, nobody, nobody really, nobody no one's really riding for it. Too think, much. But I think also releasing it on Peacock really Mystic. was an issue. Yeah, <laughs> because so many people would see it and be like, "Oh well, because they don't even have it on iTunes. Like you can't buy yeah, it unless you, you can't, have Peacock." I was like, "Is there anywhere else I can watch this?" And there was not. It yeah. is hilarious though because as I discovered, when you go to Peacock, they have the Rotten Tomatoes rating yep. really big by the title of the mm-hmm. movie, and I was like, "Oh guys, no, uh-oh. <laughs> guys!" Like there's just a Rotten Tomato Zoinks. and spilled over popcorn sitting really big next to they slash them stink slash er yeah unfortunately (laughs) i do again the vision was there i would be curious to see more films in this kind of zone um Mm -hmm. and like get trans creators and non-binary creators and young queer creators in to like tell these types of stories like there are so many like horror is the queer genre it's yes. for queer people and like there are so many queer kids these like today that are screenwriters or that would at least be willing to like read your script and give you notes like there's really no excuse for it at this point there's no reason that you shouldn't use like the tools of the people who you're trying to appeal to the more you have your audience give you feedback the better like mm-hmm. it just yeah. doesn't yeah, there's if you're so worried about how your audience is going to react to something that you're scared to make any difficult decisions, why don't you go out there and source and people that them. you trust in the audience? Like, yeah. if you're going to already be like, oh, God, pearl clutching about how people are going to react, you might as well, like, go to the people. Exactly. I don't know. Just a thought. <laughs> anyway, that's they slash them. God, uh, slash damn it. <laughs> well, are we, we have to, we have to deliver our final. Oh boy, do we. Our final thoughts. Yep. Yep. How Brooke on the, on the queer quadrant scale of one to five, how many stars is this getting for you? Okay. How many, how many knives? How many how knives? How many stabs? Um, there's an ax at one point. Um, That's so also is, like no good weapons or anything. Just an ax. Like, come it on. Really was missing all of the slasher beats, but yeah. Messing the fun. Also, like on the yeah. on her, just one last thing. I'm sorry. But like if she is trying to like help out these queers, and like she does help give some of the hormone meds and stuff like that, but like acts so surprised to all the queers that like this conversion therapy camp's bad. Like, why not be an ally from the start instead of being like pretending to be a half ally? Like, what does this half step get you? Like it doesn't yeah, like, do anything. Especially if 
the thing with the pills really interested me because I was like, if you really wanted to, you could just kill Kevin Bacon. Like, yeah. if Kevin right. Bacon got mad at you for giving her the estrogen, you could just kill him. So, right, what are you waiting for? What What are we losing here? Like, yes. she could have gotten those kids out immediately. Yeah, it feels like they're waiting for the movie to reach eighty five minutes, which it, that's that's it. That is not good. And again, that is that is not proper screenplay. And it's eighty five minutes of drag. Yeah, that it just confuses. Someone me. didn't read Save the Cat clearly (laughs) save the cat reference at the 11th hour dear lord i go to film school oh Oh, boy listen we're all film school alums or current film school students emerson alums emerson alums baby my screenwriting teacher brought save the cat into class the other day and i it was the worst throws it down on the table this is your bible oh i have a copy I have a copy sitting on my shelf at home. I actually, one of my friends recently was like, Brooke, you're a writer. Should I read Save the Cat? And I was like, do not under any circumstances read Save the Cat. It does not teach no. you how to write a screenplay. God, I hate that fucking. It's a bad book. Um, it's a bad book. This is this is a bad movie. But bad both, book, both, bad movie. both of them have positive inclinations at the start. And so I do give them some credit for that. Right. Save the cat is saying, you know, you should save a cat, which I have to respect. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, that if you write a movie where a 12 year old makes out with an adult woman, um, you can collect on royalties for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a lesson we should all take to heart. Yep. Um, any Wonderful. way um, <laughs> on the queer quadrant. I this is not necessarily directly proportional to my rating of the movie overall, but I do think my rating of the queer content is going to be kind of similar because I do think that this, even if it's not like specifically harmful mm. to tr- to queer people, I don't think that it is a good representation. Agreed. And I don't think that I learned anything <laughs> new about representation through this movie although i will say i do think having a non-binary lead is cool as shit um and that's like never happened like yeah 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 it was cool it's awesome huge for a slasher for sure but is that enough to actually like say or do anything i'm gonna give it Mm. two stars on the on the queer quadrant okay yeah i because because i do think that there there is some stuff yeah in here like Like, i I want to give it brownie points yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. but you can go higher. You can go lower. I'm not going to go higher. I'll tell you that. Okay. Uh, hmm, this is hard. Okay. I uh, No, I agree. I think it is sort of my frustration comes in like, I think it's almost like sort of self-congratulatory. Like it feels very pat on the backy about representation, which I, th- I find grating a lot of the time where it's just like, look, we have like a queer lead. We're not killing off a queer <laughs> character. Uh, blah blah like uh, everything and, we've talked about yeah. and it, like that sort of gets under my skin because like just because you have someone on the screen doesn't mean you're actually like saying anything with that character. that character yeah. exactly and it's almost like within this movie it's almost like hurting what it, it's like taking away any of the points that it's trying to actually like imbue the movie with so I like left this movie like looking at my cabin closet and you know considered going back in but I didn't Jesus. um <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go like one. One star. One, half one star. to one star. Yeah. It really just irked me, I guess. And I, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't, one I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry, but. I get it. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. That's very valid. Corey, how are you feeling? I feel like it, this movie is difficult for me because I look at it from one point of view, like I've never had non-binary representation like it and in a leading role before. That's really cool. 
And I do love that they like cast an actually non-binary person. And I think the casting was amazing. I think maybe the best, like the best I can give it is like, if my, if my 60 year old mom watched this, who, you know, is very, is straight and does not, and we're not involved in the community, she would learn a lot. And I think that would be good. Like, I think this was definitely like, if geared almost towards like an older audience who didn't really know Weirdly, that much about the queer yeah. community, like, um, then that kind of, I guess in that way, it's a m- progress in a sense, but I don't, I just think for the, for the generation it was trying to hit, it did not. So I'm going to give it two and a half because I can appreciate, you know, what it was trying to do for sure. And I, you know, I had, I had fun at, mo- at certain moments. I had fun um, at certain moments too. Yeah. I think, like I it didn't, I didn't hate it, you know, like it was entertaining. Um, I do wish we could have seen more gore and more kills. They had half of gory slash Corey. It's fucked up. <laughs> I was like, why they didn't ask me i know you have a great (laughs) halloween like simpsons name like you have the gory cory right there it's so clean (laughs) yeah (laughs) what would you be brooke boo i don't know solo i i I, I there was like a trend on twitter it still happens every year where people would would change the halloween names i can never think of anything jordan gulstafson that's that's pretty good i like that um i'll have to think that's a good one you could you do that this year oh done easy great um i'll think about it i'll I'll get back to you okay okay i'm Uh, gonna hold you to that okay yeah that's fine i don't know when i will too maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll insert it when i think of it i don't Mm. know let's see because my last name solomon is there anything in there brooke solomon grundy Mm -hmm. (laughs) born on a monday Monday. (laughs) um the boo feels solomon solomon that's fine i mean it's (laughs) a little lazy but we'll take it okay there you go i feel like that's half the thing is like it's got to be like a a little little lazy lazy. yeah there you go boom done and done wow well hey at least we came out of this with some creative inclinations of our own um no i i think that be whatever this movie is regardless of what it is um this was lovely and Corey, seriously thank you so much for being here guys thank you the best um, you are so cool and up to so much Thank cool you. stuff. You guys are so cool. Oh, oh my god! Stop. <laughs> um, if people don't know your work, what are you up to, and where can they find you? Yeah, so I run a horror blog at gorycory.com. You can find me on Twitter at gorycoryhorror. I am tweeting all day long, always. It's a problem, and I'm on Instagram at underscore gory Corey underscore. And I'm currently working on a horror anthology film called Welcome Week, where. Uh, Basically, we have a bunch of college-age filmmakers from all over the world who love horror, and we're all contributing segments to it. It's super exciting, so definitely check my socials for updates on that. I am so excited. That is Very so cool. sick. Literally can't Thank wait you. to watch it. <laughs> um, obsessed. Uh, and no better end to our Halloween season. Um, Very slash true. Very you. slash true. Uh, we... <laughs> are also on social media uh for better or for worse i'm on twitter at brooke v solomon jordan h gus and i'm also on letterboxd at brooke v solomon jordan h gus and we're together on twitter sorry at queer quadrant <laughs> and you can find the podcast on spotify slash 
Apple slash wherever you get your podcasts. You can drop us a rate slash review slash subscribe. <laughs> Boom. That was more killing than was done in the movie. Yes. And you can tweet at us. Uh, tell us what you thought about this movie. Um, maybe your potential cool queer horror ideas. We want to hear mm-hmm, them. Bring mm-hmm. them on. Uh, and what you might like to see us cover in the future. And Brooke, what are we covering in the few slash slash sure? Sure. Yeah, I uh, could not be more excited. Next week, we're closing out a very important chapter in a a movie series that we have stealthily covered over the past couple of years. Uh, Next week, we are talking about High School Musical 3, senior year. That is my favorite one. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It rules. It's it's too good. And it's too emotional. Yeah, oh. watching that when I left high school, I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, not I gonna, I won't reveal, but I'll reveal. I, I cried at the end of that yeah. movie yeah. multiple times. It's, it's emotional. Yeah. It's the end of an era. It's fucked up. In many ways. <laughs> Do you think we're ever going to cover Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure? We could. <gasps> you have to. I've never that seen it. That movie is so queer. That yeah, movie it's, is it's it? pretty gay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, every High School Musical movie is so gay, which is why we've covered all, all of, them. of them. And I'm very excited to close out this chapter with some very arguably queer stuff that goes down oh, in oh boy, High School there. Musical 3 I'm senior so year. I'm so excited to listen to this. It's going to be great. Um, so tune in next week for that. And Brooke, do you have anything you would like to leave our listeners with? No slash definitely not. I'm ready Rough. to be done with this movie, but not with this episode because it was a great time.